What is up, my beautiful people, and welcome back to the Bibliophile Hour. I am your host slash cousin, Erica the Bibliophile, and we are on episode, episode, we are on day three of the 31 challenge of read a book a day, report a, record a podcast a day. That's such a tongue twister. And we are getting started with part three of She Gave Her All to the Hood's Finest series. Let's get started. Okay, so this book starts with the flashback of where book two ended of Isis telling Kamara that it started with her being involved with Prince first five years ago. So we're going back to five years. Isis, she and Kamara are at the club and Kamara slips away to the bathroom, and this is when Prince sneaks up behind Isis. They have been sleeping together at that time for six months, but Prince feels like he is with the wrong friend. So he met Isis first, and then, of course, probably Isis and Kamara were hanging out together, and he sees Kamara. So he's constantly asking Isis about her under the guise of making sure Kamara is really her friend, because in his words, quote, Bitches be grimy, unquote. So they make plans to hook up later at his place. And when she arrives, Prince slams her into the wall, pissed because she did not mention that Kamara had a boyfriend. And he makes her help him set Dries up so he can have sex with Kamara once. Then she will be out of his system and he can focus on her. And like a fool, she agrees. Like this is what he tells her like you know she's just an itch to scratch I just have to have sex with her once and then me and you can fully be together and he tells her that he loves her and it's just like how do you agree to that how does a man look you in your face and basically you can see that he's obsessed with your best friend and tells you oh I'll just sleep with her one time and then me and you can be in a relationship And that sounds okay to you. And you agree to kill your quote-unquote best friend's boyfriend for this dude who's basically telling you, like, I want to sleep with your friend. So Prince pays two men to kill Dries. And Isis's part is to tell him when Kamara and Dries are together, you know, at night or sometime. Just find out what they're doing together and tell him. And then he can tell the guys and that's when they'll show up so that's what happened that night like she talked to Kamara on the phone found out that they were sitting in front of her house and next thing you know those guys pull up one's holding her and the other one shoots Dries in the head so now she has had her baby boy and Prince wants nothing to do with her or the baby like she's been calling trying to get him to come see the baby And after she spilled the beans that they've been having sex and they knew each other, he wants nothing to do with her because he doesn't want you. He wanted Kamara. He just happened to meet you first and you were the wrong friend. So now we're in present time and Kamara faints after she hears the story because she realizes that she was used by her ex-boyfriend and now her ex-best friend. Like they both played her and they kind of ruined her life 
So when she's rushed to the hospital after fainting, Tony is there, you know, harassing the staff because it's just like they told him that she would wake up at a certain time. So even a minute after, he's pulling out his gun, acting the fool, like, wake her up. And she tells him it's just because of a lack of eating. So a few days later, she meets up with Isis again to get more details. And Isis, of course, tries to downplay her part in it, saying she was only there when he paid the guy. So that's how she know that it was two of them. And Kamara also learns that Prince lied about his parents being dead. And they are very much alive and living wealthy in Calabasas. That's where Prince's money is coming from. So, and that's kind of the sad part because even though he was sleeping with Isis, he was actually in a relationship with Kamara, but Isis still knows more about him. So Kamara, like, she just can't believe that Isis betrayed her and Isis tries to blame it all on being in love. And I'm like, that that's not love. That's just stupidity. Because I'm going back to when he first told you that he wanted to have sex with your friend and then that's when he can focus on y'all being in a relationship. That's not love. You cannot blame that on love. And they argue and Isis threatens to have sex with Tony but Kamara isn't worried. She's like, trust me, that's one person I know you can't get. And that kind of hurts Ice's pride, but it's just like, I'm not worried about it. You can't have him. Tony now has five artists, you know, for his record label, and he has the backing of a record company, but he's also still selling drugs. And Naya is being clingy and jealous of the new girl clients that he has. I believe he has another singer. And then he has another rapper. So Holly is now out of jail and staying with Eden, which I don't understand how. I'm like, why is she staying at his place? Because they are not in a relationship. Even with her being pregnant, all that other stuff. Why is she staying with you? And he's in his feelings about Ruby. And he goes to the studio to make a diss track about her. He calls her, you know, trying to flex, telling her he wants all his stuff back. And you can tell she had been crying and she's like, fine, you know, have somebody come pick it up. And he ends up feeling like shit when she explains that she was just trying to have a face-to-face breakup. And I don't understand why he would feel like shit because it's like, if you told me you already broken up with him, why would you need to have a face-to-face breakup? And I kind of sided with Eden. It's like, you didn't need to see him face-to-face. And she said, yes, I do. I owed him more than that. You don't owe him anything. In fact, he owes you. He owes you a lot of money, but because you got caught doing dirt, you know, of course, her tears and her being a woman, she wiggled her way out of it. While while Raheem is still trying to get his wife back, he's trying to get Phoebe to leave him alone while still chasing behind Shanice, but she clocks that he is just trying to make her a side chick and keep his wife. Because she actually, you know, like, what what was your end goal? Were you going to never tell me about your wife? And what if I wanted to get married to you at some point? What would have happened? And he didn't have an answer for that. Tony meets up with Nahima, or Nahima, I hope that's how you say it, um, a director slash editor who wants to work for him. And he shows Tony some of his work, and Tony agrees to 
let him do a video for Nala. Then Jilly shows up and they catch each other's eye, but you know, nothing really happens. And Tony wants to move Jilly into her own place so he can cut off their stepmother, our former stepmother, and Riel for good. You know, like it's time to move on. We're going to get them up out of our lives. And Jilly tells the stepmother that she is moving out, as well as Vernon, who is highly upset. He keeps telling her that she needs to cut Tony off, but he refuses to get a job. So it's just like, I side with Jilly on this part. If my brother is going to take care of me and help me out into getting my own place so I don't have to stay with my stepmother anymore, and you're not trying to help out, why would I cut him off just because you said so? So what's going to happen? Where does our life get better at? I'm like, y'all just married on paper, but what does that even mean? Like, what are y'all married for? Both of y'all still staying at home. Y'all can't even sleep together. So why are y'all married? Y'all ain't got no businesses. You're not building nothing together. You're not not combining income. So it's just like, y'all just got married. I think really, both of them both got married to each other just to piss Tony off. And that shows how immature and dumb they are. And Tony moves Jilly into her own apartment. And she once again tries to get him to talk to Vernon. And as always, he refuses. He's like, you know, I just don't trust him. I don't like him. Basically, stop talking to me about him. And she takes Kamara some food because Tony asked her to. And Kamara's on bed rest. And she asks her her opinion of Vernon and Kamara, like her answer mirrors Tony. He seems like a snake. Like there's just something about him that is not good. Eden tries to get Ruby back, but she refuses until he makes a public apology for his diss track. And just as soon as he tries, Ruby brings up Holly being pregnant and how during all their time together, he never brought it up. Like, he never mentioned Holly, never mentioned he was sleeping with her, never mentioned the possibility of her being pregnant. It was simply just them two, or, you know, focusing on their time together. Kamara delivered the baby. Sorry. Isis calls her to make sure that she hasn't been trying to contact Prince because she is still trying to hide her involvement in the murder. So, you know, she's making sure she hasn't asked Prince any questions about it, asked about her involvement. And Kamara basically has to tell her, like, girl, I'm not worried about you. I'm not worried about Prince. I'm, like, I'm trying to move on. I just had my baby. Like, girl, life is good over here. Ain't nobody worried about either one of y'all. Like, no, don't nobody want Prince but you, and he don't want you back. So that's not my fault, sis. Um, when she begins to feel better, Kamara goes to get her nails done, or at least that's what she tells Tony, but she makes a little detour to Prince's house. So when she gets there, Stallion is there, you know, who being very creepy, looking at her, but then looks at Prince and tells him, handle your business. And of course, Prince is going to lie, like, (laughs) yeah, you know how I do, like, what do you do? I will beat your ass up and down this house. And so Kamara accuses him of his murder for hire. He refuses. She can tell he is lying because, you know, of course, being in a relationship with him for three years, 
she knows his little tics and when he's lying. So she stabs him in the shoulder. I'm sorry. Anytime violence happens, it just cracks me up. Because it's like, how do y'all go from having a conversation, even an argument, and you just stab him in the shoulder? Like, But I can also understand. Because it's like, you... You really paid to have my boyfriend killed just so you could be with me while sleeping with my best friend. And I got that is a mind fuck. It's just like when you sit back and think about it, like I thought I met this dude of my own free will. He was nice to me and we were in a relationship. And then for him to kill your boyfriend to then get with you and act like he's never seen you before and y'all met genuinely. Then to turn around and treat you like shit. Because he was cheating on... Like, when he got his record deal, he started cheating on her. He wasn't very nice to her. So, you... It's like, you killed somebody else just to have the opportunity to treat me like shit. All while sleeping with my so-called best friend. Niggas ain't shit, man. I swear to you. Raheem has a meeting with his divorce attorney. Amara wants alimony... And half of his royalties he has until the divorce is final. And she also has Phoebe as a witness. So Phoebe agreed to be her witness, I guess, after Raheem didn't choose her. I want to be with her even after she told his wife. Because I see her just looking at it as, okay, your wife is out the way now. Now you can be with me. And he didn't want to be with her. Like, Raheem really wants to play the field. He doesn't really want to be in a relationship. And I feel like he's just known his wife for so long that that was his comfort zone. And when it got threatened, he was trying, like, or he is trying so hard to keep it in place. Armand ran up charges on Ruby's credit card again, which I don't, I'm just like, that was her whole story. Until she finally got rid of him, which is, this is the last time. But she contacts him through IG trying to get her money back because I think the cell phone that he had was in her name. So she couldn't contact him that way because she had cut off his line. So now you have to contact him through IG because you gave him a credit card and you didn't, you didn't close the account. You didn't get it back from him. So Technically, he doesn't even owe you if he didn't want to because he's just an authorized user on your account. That's your account. So basically, like, you screwed yourself. And she gets fired because her boss is upset that she introduced one of his clients to Tony. And, you know, Tony became their manager. And the only way she can keep her job is if she, quote unquote, apologizes to him. And you know what that means to make him feel better. And so, of course, she walks out, which good for you, girl. She goes to talk to her father and he comforts her and writes her a check for $5,000 to cover the debt of her credit cards, which I'm sorry, but I wouldn't have gave her nothing because it's just like, Ruby, you let this happen too many times for you not to nip it in the bud and catch it while it was going on. So Isis works in a strip club where Tony and the crew shows up one night. And it's very much like Players Club. They had their own personal section. And it was a certain 
caliber of girls who were was sent over to their area and she was one of them and she manages to dance a little for him before tony tells the owner to send better girls saying she looks like a linebacker and another girl was a cokehead who eden liked because she got to stay but they had to leave and the manager promised to send better girls so the next day Prince comes over for what she thinks is a visit for their son, but instead he slaps her and pulls a gun on her and tells her that she has to tell Kamara that she lied. And now she has to help him set up Tony the same way he set up Dries, but it's not the same because although Dries had a little pull and a little weight, he's nothing like Tony is a completely different ball game. So it ain't going to be the same as he think he is. Because first, who are you going to find to agree to want to kill Tony crazy at? And I've been calling him Tony this whole time. But his, like, moniker in this series is Tony Wacko. If you have the nickname Wacko, you know you're crazy. So Jilly lets Vernon stay the night, like, often. But if she knows that Tony is coming over, he has to leave. And Tony offers her a job as a stylist for Nala's video in which Nahima is the director. So while they're there, they get to talking, they're vibing, they exchange numbers. And she thinks it would be fun to play him. I guess while staying married to Vernon, she gets to have a little fun with Nahima. And I was just like, I don't... I don't like this tone of cheating. I'm going to continue to bring that up because it just bothers me so much. And as she is trying to style Nala, she notices Nala calls Tony by his real name, saying they are close and have a past. And she's looking at that kind of weird, like the only person that calls him by his real name is Kamara and you ain't her and you trying too hard to be in. It's like when you have to emphasize that y'all have a past together, it's just, if it's real, it flows naturally, baby girl. You ain't got to front or fake the funk. You know what I mean? And she's just trying too hard. And when she gets home, she sees Vernon is on her couch playing video games And the high she had from working on the shoot is now gone. Because she works, I think she works at Macy's. It's like her daytime, full-time job. And so she has a passion of wanting to style. So when she gets home from like being around people working just to see your husband on your couch in your house, just playing video games, not doing anything with himself, you know, he doesn't look so good anymore which he never really looked good in the first place. It's like, how do you even really want to marry or sleep with somebody who gets their ass beat by your brother all the time? But that was the thing that she decided. Like I said, I just felt like they got married just to piss her brother off and it's coming back to bite her in the ass. And she tells Vernon he has to go home and say, instead of staying the whole week, because Tony is dropping off a check the next day. And he makes a snide comment about her sleeping with Tony, like basically saying that she may prefer wanting to sleep with her own brother than sleeping with him. 
And it's just like, first of all, that's gross. And don't try to play me just because my brother's bringing over money. And it's like, if you had a better option for us, I would go along with it. You basically looking at me to carry you and I'm not about to do that. So when you don't get your way now, I'm sleeping with my brother. I'm not sleeping with my brother, but my brother's bringing money. You ain't bringing me nothing. So yes, you got to go. I'm like, you're not going to play me because I'm not just going to sit around with you and we be broke together. Like, no, I'm making some shake. <sighs> you know, it just ugh, gets on my nerves. So Shanice is taking a trip to the hospital to report Kiera for sleeping with her husband. But Kiera had a friend take a paternity test. And when it was proven to be Paul's baby, the friend reported her. So it's like she is under investigation right now anyway. And I don't think the doctor was supposed to tell her that because she talked to the doctor who was Paul's doctor. and But she let Shanice know that she's under investigation and basically she's going to be fired anyway. But they just have to do the thorough investigation. And she's on leave right now. But basically she won't be working there anymore. And that's really all that they can do. There's nothing else they can do but fire her. And she has a new potential suitor, a guy named Wade, who's like suave and an older guy. Well, not older, but, you know, like a more mature guy. Kamara is having an early dinner with Star. And this is somebody she works out with and who is also um, Nahima's baby mama. Tony tells her to send him her location and he sends a large bouquet of roses with a note to pack a bag to meet him at the Montage Hotel. He always takes her on a ride. Wait. No, he takes her. I'm like, what? My own notes are confusing me. I'm sorry. He takes her on a ride in a private jet to Tulum. The next night, Tony pretends to go to the strip club instead of the date that they had planned. And Kamara gets upset and she has Jilly watch the baby and she shows up to the strip club, but it was actually a setup at the Pink Cherry, which he is buying to propose. Nahima currently lives with his baby mama and their son, Timothy, and they just live together. They're, they're not actually together because Star plays too many games constantly breaking up with him whenever he doesn't do what she wants him to do. So Naima takes Jilly on a date where she reveals that she has a boyfriend, not even a husband, just a boyfriend. And Naima is livid. You know, he's like, I'm trying to date you. I'm not trying to be your side, dude. And she tells him, maybe this can go somewhere. I don't know. I don't like I do. It's going nowhere. It's stopping right here. Shanice meets the lawyer for the reading of the will where Kiera is present because in his will, Paul stated if he had any children, they were, they were to receive half of everything. And it results in a fight, a physical fight between them again, which I just don't understand. It's just like, how does she know anything about the will? How did the lawyer know to contact her? Like, how did he get back to the lawyers that he could potentially have a child on the way and for her to get half? 
the police approached Kamara about her mom's girlfriend's murder because while she was still living there, you know, the girlfriend tried to attack Kamara, but Kamara got away. And Kamara called Tony to come pick her up, you know, to get her out of that situation. And when they left, though, the girlfriend was still alive, but later she was found dead. And Kamara's mom called her, you know, like, she's dead, but Kamara really didn't care. So, yeah, when the police question her about the murder, she has nothing to say because it's like, I don't know anything about that. And her mom is trying to blackmail her, threatening to tell the cops Tony did it unless they pay her. But it's like, what evidence do you have to tell the cops that he did it and pay you what? And she says, you know, like, we're not paying you anything. And her mom, when she called her, you know, basically crying hysterically saying that the girlfriend Bobby was shot, but the police say that Bobby died from her throat being slit. So the stories are not adding up. And so Kamara's like looking sideways, like which one is the truth? So which one did she die from? And although Ruby claims to be done with Eden, she is jealous of his new relationship with the supposedly coked out stripper Frida, which who I said is the one that was sitting on his lap the night that Isis caught herself trying to push up on Tony and he paid her dust. Tony and Kamara set up Prince. Basically, Kamara gets in contact with him in contact with him saying she wants to talk and possibly get back together. And so when he shows up and he sees Tony there, he tries to, you know, basically get out of the situation like, hey, 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 what's going on? But Kamara shoots him in the stomach and Tony finishes him off because, you know, she wanted to get some type of revenge in the name of Driz. Even if it's long done and over with, it's just like, I can't let that go out like that. I got to get some type of revenge in his name and in his honor. And Prince tried to get in Tony's head telling him that Stallion had been giving Kamara money, but that's not true. In one situation where she went to, I think, Best Buy to buy something, I can't remember, um, Stallion approached her and tried to give her some money, but she told him to leave her alone and basically threw the check back at him. But he let it slip into her car, and I don't think she ever got it. So, and then after that, Tony's studio is raided because someone reported drugs on the premises and half of his equipment is destroyed. Jilly is still going back and forth between Vernon and Nahima and Nahima wants her to break up with Vernon, you know, like I said, thinking they're actually just boyfriend and girlfriend. But she tells him that she is actually married and being blackmailed into staying married because when she tells, I think she tells Vernon she doesn't want to be with him anymore. He tells her, you know, you have to promise to stay with me or I'm going to tell your brother that we are married, which doesn't make any sense because when would he tell him? I'm like, I would have fought back on that. I'm like, oh, so you have the balls to actually approach my brother? 
Go ahead. Go tell them that we're married. You know what? I'll go with. Let's go together. I dare you to look my brother in, in the face and tell him that we're married. I don't get how. And it's like, Tony is your brother. How do you allow anybody to. Oh, I shouldn't say. Ooh, that sounded so wrong. Nope. I take it back. Take it back. Take it back. Take it back. But I just feel like. Jilly. You shouldn't have put yourself in this situation, sweetheart. And she catches up with Brielle at a later date. Because Naheema, I don't think he wanted to hear it. He just basically let her go. Like, I'm not about to do this back and forth game with you. But she's catching up with Brielle, who has been avoiding her after Tony started dating Kamara again. And she cut herself completely off. When the baby was born, a.k.a. Baby Cuz, because he's named after um, Tony, but he just calls him Baby Cuz because he's a crip and a thug, of course. Jilly is confused because she tells her, you're acting as if he was your man or something. And Brielle lies and tells her because he was. So then she tells Jilly, you know, how they were messing around before the family got married and whoop-de-whoop, la-dee-da. And it's just like, girl, you know the type of man that Tony is. You know he gonna grow, go across your dome. When you keep telling people like y'all was together and y'all was not together, it was a sex-only relationship. So Tony gets a call from the detailer he uses to get everything else out of Kamara's old car, you know, before they junk it. And when he's going through the car, he finds a check made out to Kamara from Stallion, which is what I said when he approached her at Best Buy. But because right before Prince died, Prince told him, you know, she's been getting money from Stallion all this time. For some reason, he actually believes that because he sees the check. So Tony feels like he's been played and he actually has not been played at all. He's just, you know, not thinking rationally. So that is the end of book three. I am getting through these things and I love it. So yeah, this is day three of read a book, report, record a podcast. You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking of book reports and that's what keeps messing me up. But yeah, I'm gonna try to get it together because that's gonna be my little slogan. Read a book, record a podcast. Anyway... I hope to see you guys on the next episode. Come back and let's see what else happens on this crazy ride of Kamara and Tony's relationship. Peace and blessings, everyone.